0: Hello, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news and social justice issues. This week, and for the next few weeks, Stick Together is following up the most serious issues for working people in Australia at the moment, insecure work, casualisation, and the removal of penalty rates by stealth. We look at evidence of a fight back, and we ask the question, what does it look like? be a casual worker through the stories of the people living it. When the mainstream media finally decided that there was a scandal story in the treatment of 7-Eleven workers, a stream of other worker complaints in the fast food outlets across the country showed the festering underbelly of Australian employment practice. But for many people, this was not news. It was more a relief that the powers that be were being shamed into action. For a number of years, the attacks on unions, reliance on visas to get workers instead of using locals, and using casual labour across industries as various as teachers, cleaners and wharfies, has left Australian workers flabbergasted. Don't workers have rights? Is it just about employer profits? Two Australia's, one for the rich and one for the new class of working poor. There is evidence at last that our system may indeed be capable of returning some balance and fairness to working life. And in the first of a series of programs about these issues, we will report on the Victorian Inquiry into the Higher Industry and Insecure Work, which started on Monday, February the 8th in Melbourne. It is the first of its kind in Australia to date. Later programs, we will focus on Hart v Coles and SDA, which began hearings in the Fair Work Commission on February second, and will have its final hearing later in the month. The Shop, Distribution and Allied Employees Association, SDA, made a deal last year which effectively removes penalty rates in favour of an increased hourly rate. The SDA is a conservative union which, to the undying anger of the AMIEU, that's the uh, Australasian Meat Industry Employees Union, came to an agreement with Coles last year which was supposed to cover all Coles employees despite the agreements already established by other unions for their members. The point at issue at the Fair Work Commission is does the SDA broker deal actually pass the fairness test, a test that means that workers are not disadvantaged by the new deal? More about that next week. Last week, former National Union of Workers delegate Marcus Harrington posted on his Facebook page that the Victorian government was opening its inquiry into the hire industry and insecure work. Marcus was over the moon because, as an NUW delegate, he had spent 2012 visiting every Labor candidate in the upcoming Victorian election, outlining the scandal that was going on in parts of the unregulated Labor hire industry in Victoria and indeed Australia-wide. Despite industry bodies calling the term insecure work a construct and that the flexibility offered by casualisation is welcomed by workers. Or as one woman I know said, it's amazing how much more I was supposed to like being casual once I had a baby. Luke Hilakari, Secretary of the Victorian Trades Hall Council, had this to say.
1: This is a landmark inquiry into insecure work, and it's a really important day for Victorian workers. What we know is that the scourge of insecure work is happening everywhere it's just about in every single workplace if you look across the city it's in every major cbd building it's in parliament house it's at the mcg it's at melbourne zoo it's in our farms our hospitals it's in our schools and what we're saying is that we've had enough we've had enough because we've seen so many workers who get exploited so as part of this inquiry we asked workers to give their own voice over 600 of them sent in submissions to this inquiry, more than any other inquiry that's ever been done. 600 submissions that tell the story of their lives, how 86% of these people are not sure about when their next roster is coming and they're unsure about the type of income they can bring to their families. Over half of them felt like they couldn't even speak up to their boss about these type of problems for fear of getting the sack. Um, What we also know is 25% of people just don't feel like they have enough money to pay the bills or pay the rent. Now, they are pretty damning statistics that have come out of these reports, but what's more confrontational is the stories. You know, you hear stories of people that are making choices about whether to put food on the table or to pay the rent. Uh, families who don't know if they are free to celebrate their own birthday parties or take their kids to the soccer because their rosters are so unpredictable. We have a problem in this country where there is more regulations about hiring out a DVD than there is when it comes to hiring a person.
0: Now, do you think that they're trying to... Well, generally speaking, employers are trying to... And the federal government is trying to create a new standard of employment...
1: What we would say, there is already a standard out there that is terrible for working people. We've got a standard out there right now that places the burden of employment right on the worker and no longer on the employer. You know, workers are supposed to you know, not be responsible for providing their own superannuation, not be responsible for making sure that their workplace is safe. But this is what these type of uh, insecure laws are doing right now. We have labour hire companies who underpay their workers get exposed for doing so, get a court order against them and simply wind up so they can make sure they can keep their stolen wages. Um, we are outraged by this and it's time that something gets changed and to do that, it's about time we started regulating these companies.
0: Now, this is a method for large employers to be at arm's length from employment uh, arrangements and ethical and legal obligation.
1: Yeah, and we say that this arm's length business... Um, of saying that, you know, that they don't take responsibility for the people that work in their buildings or on their jobs or in their factories or on their farms, we say that's unbelievable. We say that that needs to be stopped. We saw that example with the Maya cleaner who, on a, who was being underpaid, who was being subcontracted out, and then Maya, like many other businesses, says, well, that's not our responsibility because we're not the sub- subcontractor. Well, I'm sorry, it is your responsibility. You should be responsible for everybody in your production line.
0: No, just as this is an aside. There's just been a report that uh, the Turnbull government is now threatening the crossbenchers senators that there's going to be a double dissolution if they uh, election if they don't uh, pass the anti-union legislation that's before parliament at the moment. At the same time, there's uh, implications that the unions are weak and uh, that uh, it's struggling. For unions are struggling for membership, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If unions are so weak, why would the Turnbull government be threatening a double dissolution election, do you think?
1: No one should be afraid of a double dissolution election. And the crossbenchers, they're smarter than that. They're not going to be bullied by some humdrum rich guy in a fancy suit who wants to go down and say, you know what you need to do? You need to bully workers. Well, the senators have rejected this in the past, and I expect they will... You know, stand strong and do the same thing again. If they want to have an election, bring it on. We're ready. We're 1.6 million people strong. We're ready to take on the Turnbull government.
0: Luke Ilakari was joined by workers, union officials and the Federal Shadow Minister for Employment, Brendan O'Connor, on the steps of Victorian Parliament for a media event to celebrate Victorian inquiry into the high industry and insecure work which had a circus skills theme of type rope walking on slack line rosters and juggling skittles and balls to symbolise the life of an Australian casual worker. We first hear from Brendan O'Connor, and then he is uh, followed by Victorian Minister for Industry Natalie Hutchins, who instigated the inquiry.
2: The Federal Opposition would like to congratulate the Andrews government for embarking on an inquiry that will probably uncover what we know to be true. And what we know to be true is there are thousands upon thousands of workers, not just in this state but in this country, that are being underpaid. There are rogue employers that are actually exploiting workers. There are some employers who pretend that workers are independent contractors so that they can make them pay for their sick leave, make them pay for workers' compensation, make them pay for those things that employers should be paying. And that's a really unfair thing. It's unfair on those workers, and it's unfair on those, that is the majority of employers, who want to do the right thing, because it puts pressure on good employers to try and find ways to cut costs. Today, this is not about uh, politicians or union officials for, for for that matter. It's about exploited workers. Last Monday, a week ago today, Bill Shorten and I announced the federal opposition's policy on worker exploitation. We're going to crack down on those employers who underpay workers. We're going to increase civil penalties for those employers who do the wrong thing. We're examining whether other criminal penalties should apply For the most egregious conduct by employers we're going to crack down on sham contracting the capacity as i said before for employers to contrive a relationship that is not an employment one to deny workers their income we're going to focus on directors who deliberately strip away assets from a company liquidate the company and set up another company so-called phoenixing we're going to pursue those directors if they intentionally deprive Creditors, including workers, by closing down a company. And we call upon Malcolm Turnbull to join Labor and indeed tackle this scourge, because it's absolutely vital. At the moment, the Turnbull government is all about focusing on attacking unions. Well, it should look at those rogue employers, too many, that are exploiting thousands upon thousands of workers. It's absolutely critical they do that. Can I finish by thanking Natalie Hutchins, the minister that's here and will soon speak, uh, for initiating this examination, this review that will lead and must lead to action to ensure that workers do not get exploited in this country. There is no excuse for workers to be underpaid in the manner in which they have been exploited. And it's not just backyard operators. It's, it, these is, this is exploitation and it's, and it's indeed involving very significant companies, household names, 7-Eleven, Pizza Hut, Meyer, Steggles Chicken. Too many companies who have allowed this to happen and we need to see an end to it. And I believe today is another important step towards that happening. Thanks very much.
3: Uh, why this inquiry is important is because in Victoria, Almost 40% of the workforce is either employed as a casual, as a contractor, or by Labor hire. And that in itself um, says that we have a workforce that needs protecting. In addition to this, one in seven workers is after more work, more hours of work. And what that type of road represents behind me here today is those workers that are caught in that conundrum of wanting more hours of work but being in a vulnerable situation in many cases, not all cases but in many cases, of not being given adequate notice of work, of not actually um, in some cases even being given a pay slip for their work, um, let alone getting their entitlements or the right rates of pay. So after many examples that were put, put to me as the shadow minister for industrial relations, before the last election the Andrews government made a commitment to have an inquiry into this issue, to look at how um, vulnerable workers, the misuse of contracts, and the misappropriation of labour hire in this state is actually bringing down workplace standards and is actually creating in many industries an unlevel playing field for many uh, businesses and small operators out there.
0: Workers spoke about why there needs to be regulation and enforcement to remove insecure employment practices at the event.
3: My name is Man. I come from Kuliba, working at Kuliba Health. I've been there maybe four, four years ago. But we are work under, under condition, under way, no safety at all, and everything's back to the worker. We are
4: really, really stressed. Good morning. Um, in my place of employment, which is a major event centre in Melbourne, we are mainly casualised. The problems we have with casualisation is there is favouritism in the rostering, but the company won't let us prove it because they keep the roster hidden under the, under the guise of privacy. But people I work with, they're afraid to make complaints or tell the manager something's wrong because they live in fear that their shifts will be cut short, they'll be sent home, they can't pay their family next week. But we work beside agency staff. I've worked beside agency staff who have come in from a 10-hour shift. They've rushed in from a tram to do another eight, eight or nine-hour shift straight after that at the place of employment I'm at. I walk into the staff room. They're asleep on the couch because they're having a two-hour break between an eight-hour shift at the same place, and then they'll do another eight-hour shift at the same place again. Uh, you know, we, we do have a lot of problems. We can't, we can't prove a lot of things, but I know things aren't right. And the people are scared because they need to pay their family next week. Thank you.
5: Uh, Hello, my name's Dr Lachlan Clossie and I've been a casual academic for six years and I just wanted to talk about those experiences. Uh, Casual teaching for us is a very precarious sort of business. Uh, We don't know what we're teaching from one semester to the next. We only get a contract that lasts the semester and we don't know how much teaching we'll be doing uh, during that semester. The Christmas period for us, the summer period, being several months of unemployment for most university academics. Uh, So the impacts on this are obviously for teaching quality. Most casual academics are highly talented uh, but they don't have the resources to be supported properly in their work. Uh, The other thing for us is the obvious impact on uh, student experience at university, the quality of teaching for students, so more students want access and availability, more students are seeking uh, assistance outside of teaching hours and more students are wanting increasingly detailed feedback. All of these things are obviously at odds with uh, teaching that is paid for casuals to basically uh, be paid by the hour, turn up, teach and then go home again.
2: Do we want secure work. When do we want it? Now. What do we want? Secure work. When do we want it? Now. What do we want? Secure work. When do we want it? Now. How are we going to get it? Fight for it. How are we going to get
0: it? Fight for it. How are we going to get it? Fight for it. You can. Yeah, great. You've been in casual for tw- twelve years. tell I me. have. And
6: I find that the wage you get is actually decreasing. So that 15% markup to supposed to cater for holidays, sick leave, etc., is not there and you're just getting competed against, competed against when you look on seek. And they know that when people are on the dole, they've got to survive and $20 an hour is better than the dole. So they'll grab it. And they know if you don't grab it, that in a month's time you'll be so destitute that you'll be back <laughs> with that agency taking up their offer.
0: Yeah, the pressure is on, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's like they're creating a new standard, right?
6: Absolutely. And what happens, I got injured as well on site and the casuals tend to get the hot spots. The casuals will get allocated the hotspots generally online because I work food manufacturing production, which is labour intensive and a bit of sweat labour at times. And what happens is they're pretty open about it now. They even say, well, um, you know, I can't afford to put my own workers on on the line in the hot spots and their own workers might dodge the more arduous tasks on the line and then you, know, you get injured and you don't necessarily get anywhere near as much help than if you employed direct because the host organisation where you employed is a new employer, the agency is so you don't go
0: back and get rehabilitated on site So the, the issue of oh has become an incredibly important point of concern, which takes us back to the old days, I mean that was why ohs was developed
6: Yes, that's right, and it, it largely gets ignored because, it, in line for meeting KPIs and that, you'll get you'll get a um, you'll get a supervisor online that'll push the workforce, he'll push the crew for the day, he'll get his pallet count up, he'll get his pallet count out the door higher than the, the supervisor before him, mean, he'll get his bonus, and your your, your twenty dollar an hour, nine dollar an hour worker will get every chance of getting injured, and not get caught up the next day if he says anything because that person doesn't even have to talk to you again you get injured they just have to take a call and say that's sad from the uh from the employer who, who's the agency and that's all and then they just you don't see them again you don't even have input to the work safe papers that they sign off and they can say what they like and unfortunately Victorian work cover authority takes the opinion more of the worker uh, sorry the employer than the worker
0: yeah. so um uh, are you hoping that something good will come out of this like
6: Absolutely. Um, I just think it's got to it's got to come to a head because you've got an increasing number of casual workers Australia wide, and there's no security, and you've got no even chance to plan a holiday. The last proper holiday I I had was 2009, and that that's no joke. And, so this isn't the lucky country then. Well, not in that regard, but it should be because we've got so much resources. Yeah, absolutely, and um, and all we're doing is having globalisation affect our, our corporate decisions. And you've got people in the high towers making decisions, don't even have to see the workers or face up to their, their uh, decisions. And you're getting people paid to cut workforces and run on, on smaller levels. I was on a production line where you had a, a 1.2 metre wide uh, conveyor belt. And that's supposed to be manned from both sides, but the workers get cut. So it means you've got back problems reaching across 1.2 metres. And the idea of when those lines went in wider was that you would have more people online to to um, compensate for the actual number of volume you're getting through, which is increasing the company's profit.
0: So it, it, makes it, it makes a no- nonsense of uh, individual contracts, doesn't it? You've got to have an overarching, like a union, uh, to actually negotiate these kind of things, don't you? Well, you do. And I believe also that, that the, um, it's
6: come to a stage where we've almost got to have... Um, like people employed direct again for it to be fair because you're not getting that load in to compensate either. And, and why we've got to go to a union each time to cry out for what's fair and reasonable, I don't know, because there's enough margin in a lot of company profits, but it's not coming back to the um, consumer and it may be made cheaper. Stuff's been made smaller and even prices go up. Yeah, no,
0: prices never go down.
6: Yeah, but stuff's been made smaller at the same time,
0: though.
6: Yeah. One or the other's or all right, but both... Is it, you know, something's going on. Well, that's right. And it's just um, greed and gluttony, and I oh, just don't know what. We're sort of screwing each other at the human level. It's almost an animal instinct, and yet we're human beings. Yeah.
0: Before we left the steps of Parliament, Brendan O'Connor had the following to say
2: been exploited, uh, are still being underpaid. We also know that there is millions, if not tens of millions of dollars, not paid to those workers. So that's just one example. Pizza Hut's another. People being paid a half or a third of the minimum wage. Meijer, in terms of dealing with its contractors, uh, where there's been a sham contracting arrangement. The federal government's aware of these problems, and indeed the Minister for Employment established a task force four months ago, but has done nothing, said nothing, done nothing because their obsession is just with attacking unions instead of looking at rogue employers, which is not only unfair for workers, it's unfair for the majority of employers who do the right thing. Uh, I think that Malcolm Turnbull should be sitting down working out his position on tax, he should be working out his position on whether he wants to continue to support cutting penalty rates or whether he wants to continue uh, to ignore the plight of thousands of workers who are being underpaid in this country. He's not said a word. Now, let's remember, his register of interest showed that he recently invested in a parent company that owns 7-Eleven. Now, you'd think he would have an interest in this matter, but as leader of the nation, he would want to say he doesn't support exploitation of workers, including in a company that he invests. But to date, he said nothing, and he, deserve, he should, as leader of this nation, be talking very strongly on tackling and cracking down On rogue employers exploiting work. The
0: uh, the threat of a double dissolution election over passing anti-union legislation.
2: Well, I think it's always been an overstatement by the Prime Minister to threaten crossbenchers in the way in which they might want to vote. Uh, Nobody, I think, will um, respond to threats like that. As uh, Senator Madigan said, uh, he will not vote based on whether uh, Malcolm Turnbull puts a gun to his head or not. Uh, I don't think it was in keeping with... um, decent courtesy or new politics uh, for the Prime Minister to threaten Senators in that way Uh, and uh, I think for that reason there's been a backlash and that's why the sufficient number of Senators supported the opposition in ensuring that we defer that bill Um, and I think that was the right decision to make.
0: If the unions are supposedly so weak why are they so determined to pass this legislation?
2: (laughs) Well that's I guess the contradiction of the government uh, on one hand, the, the government argues is they are irrelevant. On the other hand, they say they're a menace. Of course, um, neither are true. Uh, the union movement is an effective representation for working people and they have a right to their say and they are an important part of our society. Uh, equally, um, the government's obsession with unions is one reason why uh, they have not... Uh, done anything in relation to worker exploitation while they've ignored the problem as it continues to grow and that's really uh, a problem now a challenge now for the Minister for Employment and the Prime Minister.
0: Are they trying to create a new standard?
2: Well um, in in what respect?
0: In regards to uh, employment uh, and conditions safety?
2: In the upon, upon election or upon appointment Uh, Malcolm Turnbull said he believes in the seven-day week. week. He pretty much pronounced the death of the weekend. Uh, Therefore, he he likes the idea of cutting penalty rates. He'd like to see the end of um, conditions of employment for workers. And he's doing nothing to redress worker exploitation. So clearly, he really is a prime minister for the big end of town. He's a shop steward for big business. He doesn't really care for workers.
0: That's it for Stick Together today. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to Luke Hilakari from Victorian Trades Hall, Labor Shadow Minister for Employment, Brendan O'Connor, Victorian Minister for Industry, Natalie Hutchins, and those workers who shared their stories for talking to us today. Stick Together is produced at 3 CR Studios in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au And you can contact the producers of the show at stick.together at gmail.com or by calling 03 9419 8377. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Catch you next time.